0: You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Snake Sports Talk Show. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to all media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, and Spotify by searching Snake Sports Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however... You may be listening to me today here on my podcast show, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and all my social media platforms. You can like and follow me. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotify, and the Podbean Podcast Network just by searching Snake Sports Talk Show. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. And let me just, let me reiterate that. How about all weekend long? Because... I know with everything that's been going on on the outside, I don't have to be constantly reminded, but I'm so glad to just be, pull up a chair, start my computer up, start my microphone, and put my headset on, and to connect with all of you all throughout this weekend, just by talking sports. Boy, I tell you, it was a busy week, absolutely a busy week, and it's going to be even busier. Uh, I've got a lot up on my plate. Um, Lots and lots of things to talk about. Also, I have a special guest coming on on a phone call is Darian Hopkins of the Spotlight Sports Talk podcast. You could subscribe to his YouTube channel and all of his media platforms. If you're one of the diehard Raiders and Philadelphia 76ers fans, check out his content. Great, great stuff. Can't wait to have him on. All right, let me shift to this, because I had maybe one of the best moments last night and really got me thinking about talking about this team. I know I was on one of the live streams, and I was talking about which of the three were my best teams of free agency and which three were the worst, and I will tell you this, and I'm going to fix this, but before I do that, one of the moments that I had, and shout out to... Philadelphia Eagles Corner Jalen Mills. I got the opportunity and the chance to talk with him, and it was one of the most surreal moments I've ever had. I guess you could say in my sporting career and in my life, you know, and having you know that, that one-on-one talk with a certain player, and I know in this kind of times of difficulties where there's not much to do. I thought it was great. I had maybe one of the best conversations with him, and I got some insights, and I wanted to talk about this today the Philadelphia Eagles. And I am going to confess and say, I, may, I ranked them as one of my worst teams, but yet they proved me wrong. What was I thinking? How dare I? How dare I ever say that the Philadelphia Eagles were the worst at free agency? But I'm going to fix that today. I am definitely going to fix that right here, right now. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, we know last year, made the playoffs. They were one of the toughest teams in the NFL. And in a division that underperformed everybody in the NFC. The Dallas Cowboys had a lot of problems. And the Giants, while well, they were in rebuild mode, we know that. And so are the Washington Redskins. But we have no idea what their plan is. I don't even know if they had a plan at all. But the Philadelphia Eagles... And as I've said all last year, that this team can very much make the playoffs with the receiving core that they have, the defensive fronts, and they were going to need some help on secondaries. And this team surprised a lot of us. But here was what we got we got Carson Wentz healthy once he got into the playoffs, but the unfortunate part is he got hurt in the playoffs. And everybody through the season, as I remember the recap, is, oh, why Carson Wentz? You know he, He's overthrowing the ball. He, he, he ain't the future quarterback. Why'd we get rid of Nick Foles? First of all, I told a lot of Philadelphia fans, calm down. Because if you really think that Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz, you might as well just keep drinking your brisky. You might as well just keep drinking your beer. And don't talk. Because here's the thing. Nick Foles had an opportunity, and that opportunity was long gone. Okay, his time was past. I don't need people to, uh, you know, go back in time in a time machine and tell me about how Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, even though that that team was already stacked before he came in. I don't need to be reminded that. What I will tell you is, is Carson Wentz, he's the type, he, in in my views and the way I see him, He's a franchise quarterback. He is. The arm strength, the talent, and the fact that he can move out of the pocket and create spaces. Yes, I know it was a rough year for the Eagles, but they made the playoffs. Because Carson Wentz had the ability to take that franchise and say, put the team on my back. And I'm going to lead you to the playoffs. Carson Wentz did that. No matter how many times wide receivers got hurt or wide receivers dropped passes, this team still made its way to the playoffs. Even with a, just a, a, a confused Dallas Cowboys team, which I know part of it was either Dak Prescott or part of it was either Jason Garrett. But still, no excuses out of Dallas' system. Philadelphia made it happen. But here's where I am going to fix the issue that I had saying that they were the worst in free agency. Because as soon as I said that, here's what they ended up getting. Javon Hargrave, Jatavis Brown, Jalen Mills and Rodney McLeod return. And they go and trade for Darius Slay. Whoa. They literally put the money where my mouth is. And you know what? I was fine with that. How dare I? The Philadelphia Eagles to me as a well-ran franchise and I think the day after I ended up saying that really showed me clarity of what this franchise is all about. And they are very, very dangerous. Here's what's going to be interesting. Because you get Javon Hargrave and put him there with Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson In that defensive front line, nobody in the NFC East wants any part of that. And not to mention, here's what's also interesting. And I got a chance to talk with Jalen Mills about this. Because in that secondary, now with Darius Slay, and with Rodney McLeod back, now unfortunately they weren't able to retain uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, but still they fixed the problem in their secondaries. Now they may need a little bit more But that's where the draft comes in. And that's for a lot of teams. So once I got the insight, they're very confident of how they're coming into next season. And I believe it. Doug Peterson, hell of a coach. Out of Andy Reid's coaching tree, is definitely one of the most successful. And the fact that Carson Wentz, as everybody doubted him all throughout last season, Philadelphia made the playoffs. And for all of those so-called Philly fans who said Nick Foles was a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, well, you got what you deserved. That's just my opinion. Carson Wentz is your future. He is your franchise quarterback. Now, I will say this, that if anything was to happen with Carson Wentz, whether it's another injury... That can potentially change a lot of things. And maybe they might go and draft a quarterback. But at this moment now, Carson Wentz is still your franchise quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. But I will reshape this. I think Philadelphia did an amazing job during free agency. They proved me wrong. And I was fine with that. And I was actually kind of excited. Once I started to, you know, once I asked Jalen Mills how confident they were going in, he was absolutely confident. Why? Because he knows. Philadelphia, they all know what next season is going to bring them. Yes, the team was plagued with injuries. But you cannot blame a lot of those injuries and those drop passes on Carson Wentz. You can't. The fact of the matter is, Nelson Aguilar, who by the way, I did not enjoy his performance. He's now a, a Las Vegas Raider. He's come here into Vegas and he's going into a Raider system. But if he outperforms with Derek Carr than he did with Carson Wentz, <laughs> uh, that'll just light me up even more. But Philadelphia, don't kid yourselves. Some people that think Philadelphia lost their mind, I think they're still the smartest organization in the NFL and in the NFC. Let me shift to this because here's what was interesting. Now, I know for a lot of my listeners, and you may not be a fan, but NASCAR introduced something so powerful. And so motivating and innovative that it kind of makes you think that if something was to happen, even in this case, they've created an online virtual racing platform called iRacing. That is maybe one of the most innovative pieces of technology. And here's the thing. Technology innovates all of us, it innovates businesses and it innovates, um, a lot of people when it comes to skill building and when it comes to showing potential technology has very much innovated our society. You look at all of our smartphones, you look at all of our computers and you look at a lot of these fortune 500 companies, Tesla, Amazon, uh, Google, and even Netflix all of these companies made money by innovation and that was by the proper uses of technology nascar did something that i've never seen in my life in the history of sports the history of sports as a whole i've never seen this and i'm not sure if that could be something that You know, that might trigger and that might actually encourage a lot of other, uh, you know, sports leagues out there to kind of do something like this. Because here's the thing, even though that we're all under this dark time of quarantine, we still are finding things to keep us occupied. I'm doing that right now. I'm speaking sports with all of you because I felt like deep down in my heart. That all of the loyal fans who subscribe, who like, follow me. I'm so just blessed and appreciated of all the love and support that I've gotten from all of my fans. My friends, family, everyone. And giving back what I believe deep down in my heart is maybe one of the best distractions that we can have during this time. But NASCAR, I think they did something so amazing and so innovative and in making this technology iRacing. Because it, just today, they ended up doing a simulation of the exact track in all of the places nationwide, and they all just started racing. And you cannot believe all of the responses— from current NASCAR drivers, from legendary drivers, Daryl Waltrip, um, Dale Jr. All legendary racers all turn around and said, Wow, th- this is this is something else. My gosh. I just looked at it and I said, Wow, this is very innovative. Because think about it. I remember the time how innovative Netflix became. Because growing up as a kid, I didn't even know what the hell Netflix was. And the only things I was used to was Hollywood Video, Blockbuster, and a bunch of just, you know, these these small companies who you buy, you rent, and you sell movies, games, and TV shows. They either came in VCRs or they were all in DVDs. Or they also had um, CDs for a lot of artists. That was what I remembered years ago. But when Netflix came into play, here was what was kind of the, the starting point for Netflix. It was online, but they also mailed out all of the DVDs and movies to your mailbox. But here was the problem. It took a lot of time. It was very, very time-consuming. But then Netflix had an idea. Since everything has innovated to technology, being in what we call the new social norm, Netflix innovated themselves of saying, you know what? Instead of mailing out movies to all of our customers, why not introduce streaming? We take all the movies... We stream them, and we sell them all online. You can then create memberships where each of them pay at least a price per month to watch television, movies, so much more. With that innovation, Netflix eventually costed the jobs of Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, and so many small businesses because of one innovative idea. I think in this particular segment with NASCAR, this is going to change the sport as we know it, because I remember going to my first NASCAR race when I was three years old, the first time it ever landed in Vegas in 1998. And it was, it was so much fun watching all of the nascar drivers watching all of the cars because i was all about speed and i was also all about intensity that was just how i was as a kid now i'm not an adrenaline junkie but i loved enjoying stuff like that i always always enjoyed watching just those close short moments where anything could change and anything could happen in that short moment games on the line or you're just close to the checker flag but NASCAR did something I thought that was very innovative and I think could very much change the sporting world. Now, I'm not sure for all of the leagues and what they may end up doing otherwise, but wow, very, very innovative. And I, I by the way, I give a clap to NASCAR. Such great job. Great job to all of the, the IT people and to all of the te- you know the people working in tech businesses to allowing this and making this happen, because I cannot begin to tell you how many responses from current drivers, legendary drivers, who all loved this idea. I mean, this this crazy. So it, it was just unbelievable. Absolutely loved it. Coming up, I will be talking a little bit more on the NFL Free Agency. I will be giving my best for last. I know I covered on the AFC yesterday. I'm going to now cover the NFC on their grades. And like I said, I, 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 cle- I cleared some stuff up with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I thought that was right by my part. Thank you, Jalen Mills, <laughs> for giving me that opportunity to kind of get some clarity and shed some, some light on the subject. Uh, But I'm going to talk a lot about the NFC. I'm also going to be talking now about the NFL draft. Because now with free agency done, I think the draft is very much going to change a lot of perspectives. And I'm going to explain why. And plus, I'm also having special guest uh, Darian Hopkins from Spotlight Sports Talk to come on and talk about the draft, talk about the Raiders. And what can we expect now from the the NFL free agency? It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys do not want to miss it. Don't go away. Snake Sports Talk Show, we will return in just a second. You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. Either way, you guys, I absolutely love this beat. (laughs) If you guys want to check this out, one of the artists named Little King uh, G... He ended up uh, producing Kobe Bryant's Tribute. You guys can check it out up on YouTube. See what you guys think. I absolutely love this. Uh, one of my good friends ended up sending me this and said it was played all throughout Los Angeles. And I know during the time of, of Kobe, uh, Kobe's passing was very emotional. But once this song came out and I took a listen, I said, wow, this is, I mean, this is really, really good. Love the music, love the beat. Go check it out. All right, so as I mentioned, because now NFL free agency has kind of calmed down, we still got maybe the top 15 players still on the market. But I think up to this point, we've gotten close enough to where now we can start focusing in on the draft. I ended up getting a notification not too long ago that apparently... The NFL and the commissioner had ended up talking about the NFL draft, which the draft would be here in Las Vegas, and it would, be, would have been open to the public. They already had a plan for it. They would end up starting the draft to where you had the Bellagio Fountains, walkway carpet. All of that was going to be planned. And it was going to be open for the public to be able to check out all of the players coming in from college to now starting their careers in the NFL. And it was would have been one of the most wildest parties that I think we would have ever seen in NFL history. And unfortunately now with this coronavirus, that's not happening. But from one of my really, really good resources, and I'd seen this and I started to think, oh, wow. This is really happening and really changing. The NFL is looking to move the draft out of Vegas due to the coronavirus outbreak, and the league now is looking to move the draft to a studio where there would be live cuts to the team headquarters. I think that's smart, and I think that's great. Because, look, out of everything that the coronavirus has now halted, the NBA, The Major League Baseball, the NHL, and of course, College Hoops with March Madness. I mean, now that's over, canceled, done. The NFL, however, said, we're not closing our doors. This pandemic is not stopping us. Because a lot of the time, all throughout free agency, they were able to do business at home. They were able to connect with everybody online, via the networks. And they were able to make deal- deals happen. And plus too, you have to think of the faxing of all of like the contracts, which I thought was very innovative. But the NFL, I will tell you this, has very much impacted all of our lives throughout this time. Because free agency gave us all sorts of resources to tap into, talk about, and get some insights. Not to mention now, We're moving into the draft, and of course, the draft's not happening here in Vegas. I was very excited, and I couldn't wait. But the NFL, I will tell you, Roger Goodell looks like an absolute genius, helping any way that he can for the league, the players, the organization, and most of all, the fans, giving the fans what they want. So, the draft going into a studio, I think, is perfect. And it's safe, and I think it works. And finally, the players will at least have the opportunities. Because I've already spoke about this about, you know, college hoops. That I think it's kind of hard. All of the seniors graduating by this year won't even be able to have a chance to showcase their skills since the tournament was canceled. And that's kind of hard. Because then, what do those seniors do? Most of them are all going to now declare for the NF, uh, for the NBA. And they won't even be able to showcase their skills. Most NBA teams, they may not even see what most of those players got. Except for maybe reruns and replays of you know, the past season. So there are some challenges. But I think at the very least, the NBA is doing what they can to make things happen. But ultimately, the NFL has already done that. Roger Goodell, I think in my mind, for the longest time when we viewed him as a terrible commissioner, I think times have changed. And things have shifted. The NFL right now is probably one of the best well-ran leagues outside of the NBA. And outside of all the other leagues. Because even though the NBA, Adam Silver, did the right thing by issuing the quarantine moment also giving the fans what they deserve to keep them plugged in and kind of take their minds off of everything that's happening outside but the nfl today i get i tip my cap to them they did such a great job they dealt with free agency now all the players are in their respective teams and in the nfl draft it's gonna be interesting Now they're switching it over to a studio. It's a safer environment, social distancing, and it's in protection of the players. And I thank Roger Goodell for this. And I thank the whole NFL. I think this was exactly what they needed to do. And I think it's also for the sake of the players. Because we saw what happened with college hoops. And the NFL did the opportunity to step up and make this a much safer and an enjoyable environment for both the players, the leagues and the fans so I thank the NFL for that time now for the Hot Press
1: this is the Hot Press
0: so of course you know as as we mentioned here up on the show that NASCAR has now introduced to the public called the iRacing series it's now called eNASCAR where all of the Current drivers now will get together, and they are sitting in a simulated, you know, driver's seat where it's got the steering wheel and everything that they need to control the cars. And they are out in the pre, uh, the pro, invitational races as a virtual Homestead Miami Speedway first, first ever that a sport has been able to introduce a live streaming of an electronic racing series i love this this is probably one of the biggest sporting news i've ever come across up in my life and nascar i know a lot of people have you know are not huge fans but i'm telling you this is innovative like good good god look at the graphics the graphics up on the the e-racing are so just innovating and nascar as i've said they 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 get a huge round of applause for this. Uh, by the way, uh, there was also like a video that they have on NASCAR. You can kind of see it as well. Go to their, their social media pages. It, it, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. So since the signing of Tom Brady for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucs fans have now just been, you know, left and right, starting to deposit all of their tickets. There were so many. Many people who have uh, deposited their season tickets to going and watching the Buccaneers play, and this tells you a lot about the Buccaneers, but here's what's the real news. So, a lot of players in the NFL have inquired to the general managing and the head coaching, Bruce Arians, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about wanting to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of Tom Brady. And here's what's interesting. Tom Brady, like, I kind of see a little bit of like this mogul with what happened with LeBron James. And maybe there is going to be a little bit if we see it with Wookiee Betts and the LA Dodgers. But this moment for Tom Brady is absolutely the best. He looks happy. He looks like he's going to have a lot of fun. And he's going to enjoy himself. And he's got a lot of weapons. And he's got maybe one of the best coaches in the NFL outside of a lot of really, really good coaches. But for players, this is a movement. This is a a Tom Brady, almost like a LeBron James moment. Everybody wanted to move to L.A. because of LeBron James. And even though now the first time was a little rough, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch throughout the season. So the NFL has proposed about the NFL draft, knowing that the NFL draft is not going to be performed in Las Vegas. They are planning to move it to a studio with live broadcast through all of the the organizations, all 32 teams, and to be able to draft up all of the young players. I like this. I very, very much do because even with the you know the the, the implementing of social distancing and with this coronavirus outbreak, I think this does give a lot of young kids a chance to be able to go into the draft, get drafted by all of 32 respected clubs, and you know, th- th- they'll still have a great time. Even though that, like, you know, all throughout this whole process with how bad this coronavirus has just become for a lot of fans, I like this. I think this is smart. I think this is maybe the best decision that Roger Goodell has done outside of what adam Silver has implemented for the nba i mean this was a time for the nfl to shine they did exactly that and again they are making moves day by day so that was your hot press this is the hot press all right folks so this is the first time i'm ever introducing this here in my podcast i am super excited i am introducing one of my favorite colleagues here that I talk about the NFL and the NBA all the way straight from Philly. He's a Raider and a Sixers fan for all of my listeners here on the podcast. Subscribe, check him out at spotlight sports talk on YouTube channel and all of the social media networks. Darian Hopkins, Darian, I cannot believe how crazy free agency has been what has shocked you the most here during free agency?
1: Well, thank you for the intro. I really do appreciate the um, the info. That's really still good. Thank you for that. Um yeah, but free agency has been ridiculously insane. Uh free agency with, you know, Hopkins getting traded and Stephon Did getting traded for all the pick. You know that we did talk about it on my podcast, but still, at the end of the day, what a Crazy, crazy week or slash month of NFL coming down the pipeline. It's just been ridiculous, man. But I, I love everything about it, you know. Some people are in new uniforms, new jerseys. I, I just can't wait for the people to start.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's been uh... – you know, like I said, it's been busy, and I'm very, very glad that the NFL was able to, you know, all systems go, ready to get free agency going, and, you know, kind of doing it on the comfort of their homes, faxing out all of the contracts. I think that this is very innovative for the NFL. But let's start a little bit on on a couple of specific players. You did mention about DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs. Now, we did talk about it, and honestly, the Diggs trade, to me, you know, the, the the Minnesota Vikings got a lot back for just one specific player. When I look at the Houston Texans and what they've got, you, you know, it's almost literally almost nothing. They basically just nickled and dimed it. Do you think that, you know, this is a sign for DeAndre Hopkins of how much that he was worth in Houston? Yes, that is a sign. And, and, and I feel for
1: DeAndre Hopkins because, you gave him up for, you know, 25-16, you know what I'm saying? So, my my thing is that DeAndre Hopkins, he's probably, he's probably thinking, like, my God, like, they didn't treat me well in Houston. Like, they didn't show me the how valuable of a player that I am the way you shit me off. So, I have I, – I, I feel for DeAndre Hopkins. Don't get me wrong. It's a new scenery. You don't have to worry about Bill Bryant anymore and everything – that has to go in with these Texans. You don't have to worry about that being toxic or anything of that nature. Um, so I feel for DeAndre Hopkins you know, at the end of the day I think he goes into a good situation with the Arizona Cardinals. So I just I just feel I felt bad for him for what the Texans gave him up for. But at the end of the day, DeAndre the Hopkins is gonna prove why he's arguably the best receiver in the game.
0: Oh, absolutely! I I totally agree. Darian Hopkins here from the Spotlight Sports Talk. Here, subscribe to his channel. You know, um, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I know a lot of people have, um, you know, talked about uh, Tom Brady and the situation. He's gone now to a new team. That's brand new for all of us. But it's kind of interesting because you look at March 20th and the same day that it happened with uh, Peyton Manning. You know, so looking at Tom. I just see how happy that he is in Tampa. What are your thoughts and what are your expectations going into next season? What could happen here for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady? I
1: still think they still need a few pieces in the offensive side to get them over the hump uh, for Tom Brady. But I thought this was a great sign. I think that they went all in on Tom Brady. And I, I thought, though, they want to win now. The Buccaneers are tired of losing. They're tired of going into the playoffs. They had the talent. It just didn't have the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, Dennis Winston had, you know, career staff, but he did have career interceptions as well. winston Tom Brady don't throw a lot of interceptions. And he's going into a good um he's going into a good coaching staff with with you know Bruce Arians and Byron Russell and the offense would be really more innovative. We gotta think about it. Bruce Arians had yeah. a list of quarterbacks that re- revived their careers. Um, at the time, so not even reviving Tom Brady's career, but if you want to elevate Tom Brady's career at his age, why not let Bruce Arians do it? So I feel like they are a running back away in my first world three, They are a running back away from, at least, I'll say if they make the playoffs, they'll make it to the divisional, because um, the NFC is so tough. It's so tough, and I just don't know if they can make it to the NFC Championship. No, they are in a tough division, Carolina just getting 10 degrees water and then two degrees resigned with the Saints, and then you have the Falcons getting tired girly mm-hmm. on the offensive side. So there's so many. Oh, the NFC South is just going to be so interesting to in watch. South as a divisional playoff game is the further they will go, but I can't see them going to the NFC Championship just the way the NFC is shaping up right now.
0: No, and I agree, and I and I think that you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I I I I looked at this defense in the second half, and I thought that they played much much better football. And I think that they're kind of primed up, you know, for bigger expectations. Maybe not great ones, but something that can at least improve this organization because they've been kind of in the middle in the pack for a while. But um, but one thing I wanted to talk about, even with uh, with Tom Brady, is the fact that he goes to the Buccaneers, but yet there have been a lot of reports about, you know, the Chargers looming around and some are saying, you know, the Chargers didn't try hard enough. Uh, my opinion on this is, you know, when you look at California, there are two things that can happen. Number one is the state tax changes. You know, you think of a guarantee of $32 a, a million a year where after taxes, because taxes are so high that he can guarantee at least 20 if not lower than 20 million a year but the other thing of it is as you have covered on the Raiders he goes into an AFC West division where defenses are faster stronger and they're younger and could pose a lot of risk for Tom Brady what says you on the thought of why the Chargers couldn't possibly get a guy like Tom Brady
1: now as a Raiders fan uh, that's, that's, I thought of that's already didn't come to the AFB West. But <laughs> but um while the Chargers didn't get get I think they don't I think they want to look into the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to go a 43 year old quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um I think they want to go younger on the offensive side, you knowing that even out age, you still have a young you still have a young wide receiver and Mike Williams. Um Hunter Henry is still young if he can stay healthy. But the, I think the reasoning that the Tom Brady could not, it well, was the first thing that Tom Brady because I think Tom Brady looked at the analytic of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think he looked at the line where Philip Rivers was getting sack after sack after sack. And Tom Brady didn't want to go into a, I want to say miserable, but it made Philip Rivers miserable because the, the line just could not block for him. I agree. And that's why Philip Rivers decided to walk away from the Chargers. He probably didn't really want to, but at the same time, really willing upgraded upgrade offense until after he left. So mm-hmm. that's why he only got a one-year deal with any at the Because he wants to wear where they had an offensive line. And that's what I think Tom Brady looked into. What weapons do he have? Uh, the defense, the defense is out for the for the Chargers. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Y'all getting Chris Harris and um, having him with Darren James and, and, and both of So, y'all good on the defensive side. It's just off that offensive line, which probably was a real reason why Tom Brady didn't go there. And he wanted to stay on the East Coast, knowing that that's where most of his career has been at anyway. So, um, the Buccaneers was the best fit for him as far as offensive line, weapons, um, an up-and-coming good defense. So, I think he... I think he went to Kimber Bay because he has accomplished so much in the AFC. Hmm. He has not accomplished anything in the NFC but beat them in the Super Bowl. I think he wants to beat them in the playoffs. He wants to beat them in the regular season. He wants to accomplish more stuff in the AFC that he really never got a chance to do. So um, that would be my reason why he didn't go to the charts.
0: Sure, and 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 you make a great point, you know, and, and uh, I'm sure, too, with Tom Brady, he's happy where he's at, and I think he's got a lot of trust and, uh, you know, a lot of accountability, I'm sure, even with the coach like Bruce Arians. Darian Hawkins here on uh, the Spotlight Sports Talk. So, let's shift a little bit more since we talked about the AFC West. Let's shift to your Raiders, my friend. I know you've been covering uh, the Raiders now for a long, long time, and— um, you know, this is the first time ever that Vegas out here is now having a professional sports team uh, in regards to the NFL. So with the job that they've done, they got heavy on defense. Nick Kowalski, uh, Carl nasib lots and lots of very good, young, defending pass rushers. And this was kind of the juice they needed at linebacker since losing uh, Khalil Mack. Where did you see... The Raiders improve the most on defense?
1: The, 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 uh, the defensive side. It, 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 we had a real problem at the linebacker position. And that's been our killing spill for the last couple of years. Even when we had the real net, the middle of that defense was always our killing spill. To hear about I love to hear about it. He led our team in tackles, but it doesn't win games when you can't cover. And he was. One of those great players that came in through the Raider Nation, and he was a great run stopper. And we always was good against the run. It was just against the pass where linebackers could not cover tight ends or linebackers that could not just cover slots or anything of that nature. So I feel like we got a mixture of linebackers that's definitely an upgrade where Nick Kowalski is more of a run first type of linebacker into bringing him with a personal linebacker in Corey Littleton. Poor little kid can stop the run and cover tight end, So mm. you get a versatile, virtual linebacker there. I ah. think you a know lot still, still go get a linebacker for, like, the right side or, or the left side linebacker. But defensively, that's the defensive line. When I say we did so great in free agency on the defensive line, I love that we end up getting Malik Pound, defensive tackle from um, the Dallas Cowboys. We got... Carl Nassett. Carl Nassett is, is a monster. He has a high motor. And he's going to be great filling in with Tina Farrell and Mac Frosty. And then mm-hmm. we have uh, P.J. Hall and Maurice Curry. So, he's doing a lot of people um, um, that we can get. Only only finding that I really don't like on our defense was Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. I still think we're going to go out as free agency and get in corner. Probably like an Xavier Rhodes. If not, they don't go get some a talented draft. So we can go out and get a corner in the draft. So I do like um, I do like the special team flag safety, Jeff Heath from the Dallas Cowboys as well. He can mm-hmm. play a little bit of free safety. He reminds me of Eric Harris in some in some instances. So, defensively, I think we upgraded a lot. I still think we gotta get some outside linebackers and get some corners, and we'll really be good to go.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's kind of exciting to watch. And the fact that as I've made this point about where the Raiders were going to stand out at after, you know, getting rid of Khalil Mack, and I was very surprised. I was very surprised. And I was very impressed with, you know, both John Gruden and Mike Mayock making it happen, getting the draft picks, and then not to mention turning this organization around. And I think it's shaping to where, you know, coming into an environment like Vegas which they've never experienced anything like this before, but they are shaping to being competitive and also building themselves younger for the future. And as you mentioned before, with Carl Nassib and Max Crosby, that's going to be a hell of a a defensive line. That's going to be exciting to watch. And then having Corey Littleton there, uh, and, and Nick Kowalski as well. Uh, I agree. I agree that the defensive secondaries needs to have a little bit of adjustment, and you're right. With the the draft coming up and maybe a, somewhere in free agency like Xavier Rhodes, somebody with the veteran experience, and um, and Jeff Heath. You know, I, he's a hard-hitting uh, special teams guy. I think he brings a lot of energy and juice into this, uh, this organization. Uh, but I want to now shift to the offensive side. So since you know Tom Brady now signing with Tampa Bay there were rumors before then about him possibly you know luring him into Vegas as regards to uh, to Derek Carr and Derek Carr still being there I believe in him 70% of his uh, completion percentage and uh, you know for 4000 yards and I'm glad that it did not happen now they go and get Marcus Mariota and Mike Mayock and John Gruden years ago loved him when he came into the league in the draft. Where do you see kind of the depth and the push at the quarterback position for the Raiders?
1: Now, I've been saying I've been saying for months that Tom Brady wasn't coming to the Vegas. I, I already knew that because so depending on Tom Brady's decision one and he end up getting sixty million dollars with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and all of that is guaranteed. So I knew we wasn't going to spend money to get Tom Brady. I just knew that we was going to go spend that money. Mm-hmm. But with Marcus Mariota, this is the most competition that Derek Carr had in his six-year career as a Raider. So I think this will push Derek Carr to prove to everybody that he is the starter of this team. Now, is we want to be great competition in training camp? Absolutely, because John Gruden and Mike Mayock love Marcus Mariota. They know that he can move in his seat. He can do zone reads. He could do um, he can pass the football. The question is: is that is he is he going to compete with Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question. Knowing that he's in a new scenery, he lost his job to Ryan Tannehill in this team. The question is: is he going to try to do the same thing to Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. That's the big question that we actually have. I love the fact that he did bring a in because every time if something happened to Derek Carr or. Injury, injury, or something happened. We never had a solid backup that could come in and help us win games. Right now, we have a solid now we have a solid quarterback that's well known in this league that can get us over the hump. Justin got God bit. Something happens to Derek Carr, like we did, and like we did in the 2016 season, where they thought that we were Super Bowl contenders until Derek Carr broke his leg. Mm-hmm. We didn't have no solid backup when we went into that playoff.
0: Yeah, and 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 even having, you know, a backup like like Connor Cook, I mean, that was very very risky, but you know, and that was a team that that very much, you know, shocked the NFL world and didn't see them being as competitive, but you 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 do make a great point, you know, and and I think because again, I I do see Derek Carr as the franchise quarterback for the Raiders. That's why I think with them passing on Tom Brady was the smartest thing because it just kind of feels like with Derek Carr being in an environment like Vegas and getting the first time having an experience like this, it would be an absolute slap in the face for him. But uh, I think now, you know, coming into this next season, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's also going to be, you know, it's going to shed some clarity come, you know, down the middle of the season when the Raiders, you know, start to, you know, come across those prime time games and where Derek Carr absolutely has to look like his best.
1: Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. I just feel like a lot of Raider Nation don't really want their card as a quarterback anymore. But if you really look at the offensive side, the only problem that we have was don't question them. Now, if we go out and get some receivers, um, like a Robbie Anderson or a Gashab uh, Pyramid, a free agency, knowing that we did end up getting Nelson Aguilar, and that was a question mark to me. But I had to look back on it like, Maybe he needed that scenery, and we have to look at it too. Mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar had two different quarterbacks, flipping in and out, back and forth, with for a Philadelphia up Eagles with the Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Now, we won't, probably won't have that with Mario and Derek Carr. If you just have had that continuity with Derek Carr with one receiver, with, uh, with one quarterback, you probably, you probably see something different about Nelson Aguilar. We just don't know. Look at the with Amari Cooper. He didn't do too well with us, but now he has a big contracting balance. So I think the one-year deal was a student deal so they could soon to see what he could do with us. But as far as Derek Carr goes, um, Derek Carr, he's going to have to step up a free agency because Mariota is not really trying to be a backup in this league. He's really not trying to be a backup. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to win that starting job, you have to prove that you can win the starting
0: job. Uh, great, great stuff, Darian Hopkins of the Spotlight Sports Talk. Man, it's always so good just talking with you, you know, and and uh, and you're absolutely right. And the other thing that I'm sure you know all of us are going to pay attention is the production levels of Nelson Aguilar. I mean, the fact that he had an awful lot of drop ball passes thrown to him, and you know, if he turns it around, as you said, it's a change of scenery, if he turns it around. I'm sure that sends an a, a, a message to Carson Wentz and even for the Philadelphia Eagles. But the only thing that we really can do at this point is just wait and see what the upcoming season will be. So I want to shift now to the NFL draft, which I know for a fact you're, you've covered it. And um, you had some great insights on certain organizations. And Because I, I made this point a couple of weeks ago about this being – a draft that's going to be a complete quarterback carousel because there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. The Dolphins, the Chargers, the Bengals, so many teams out there after free agency that needs a quarterback. So just kind of recap with us, where do you kind of see this draft shifting to with now the the draft class that we have of quarterbacks? Who do you think right now, could be the biggest snag and could be somewhere where he'll be a special type of player coming into the NFL.
1: Well, most of my well, honestly, most of my actual my mock draft that I recently put up on the top ice first used to. Um I think I only had a few quarterbacks in that mock draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Joe Barrow at number one for um the Cincinnati Bengals, and then I had a mock draft through the Chargers trade up. Mm -hmm. and get the number three pick, and then you get Detroit drops down to number six, and the Chargers move up to get to a tag of a lower. Mm -hmm. Now, I would love for that to happen, knowing that it's on the West Coast, it's warm, and it's kind of a risk, but I think you will get a reward with it. My only concern with Tagaloa is that hip injury when he gets hit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's 100. I think he's clear to actually play – and throw the football and physically do all physical activity, mm. but I feel like y'all straight up to get the quarterback there. Um, I really think the sleeper pick that I had in this in this um in this mock draft, I think when the Patriots pick, I think the Patriots is going to pick Jordan Love out of Utah State. I think he Whoa. can come in and, and compete with with Brian. No, no, the Patriots inside Brian Warrior Mm-hmm. And, and and the guy's Pittman, I think that's his last name for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. but Jordan Love to come in to actually play that job. So,
0: wow, that um, that would I be mean, very interesting. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> it'll be it'll, it'll definitely be very interesting. And as far as the Miami Dolphins go, I think I'll get the quarterback there. I'm not too sure of that list, but I have a few. Uh, Do you know? I'm not even learning to have no running back in my top first round. Mm-hmm. I have more defensive players and offensive linemen because that's what's really needed. Um, with the Vikings, the Vikings need an offensive lineman. Um mm-hmm. I have a few receivers in there. Um, and with me, knowing that the way that we, with the Raiders at number 12, knowing that we actually addressed the defense, I think we go defensive line here as well with Derek Brown from Auburn. And mm-hmm. then number nine, we, I mean number 19, we'll go get Henry Rose from Alabama. So, mm-hmm. I think our draft changes knowing what happened in free agency. So a lot of offensive tackles, a lot of receivers, a few quarterbacks, and and, and some defensive players as
0: well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with this draft class, because, you know, when you look at the offensive line and everybody that's there, I mean, very, very lucky. Do you think most of these organizations, the ones that really do need to fix the offensive lines, you know, there's only about at least a couple of them, maybe three or four that will go somewhere in those first two rounds. And will absolutely be big-time upgrades if teams couldn't get offensive uh, linemen during free agency. And I think that that would be a huge splash for them. But not a whole lot of offensive linemen guys. Um, But I will say this. We've got 50 wide receivers in this draft. And three of them, as I mentioned to you before, uh, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Justin Jefferson. Now, there is a lot of speculation with teams that have moved on from their star wide receivers to now going and drafting another one. And I've said this, some offensive weapons like wide receivers and running backs and a little bit of tight ends will come and go. But when you look at some of these receivers, which one of those do you think will stand out and prove himself to be a potential number one wide receiver in this league?
1: And that number one person, and a lot of people are going to be interested about this. And I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers with the number 13 pick. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the coach gave up that 13 pick to trade for as, as Buck. Yeah. So with that 13 pick and losing Emmanuel Sanders, the best pick for a wide receiver to go to San Francisco is Stevie Lamb. Hmm. CeeDee Lamb is the best fit for the San Francisco 49ers. Look what they did with Devo Samuel last year. Yes. Devo Samuel, he was very underrated in the draft. And he came out and he started balling. And proving yes. that hit me higher. I feel like CeeDee Lamb could be one of those outstanding players. And I think that I really wanted the Raiders to get him, but knowing that what we're doing in free agency, I can see us going back to nineteen to get in Henry Rubb. Mm-hmm. But CD Lamb at 13 will be the best fit. I love his yards after the catch.
0: Wow. I, he could
1: go to the foot. His yards after the catch. He was top five in, in the Big 12 with yards after the catch. And I understand that we he, he learned to do well in, in the college playoffs. But if you look at that man's team, season highlights and mm-hmm. the numbers that he put up, he fit that 49ers off.
0: Wow. And yeah, and, and wow, that's a, that's a very, very good, uh, interesting analysis there because. You're absolutely right. And I look at San Francisco and how young that they are. You know, the fact that a lot of people had speculations about Jimmy G and, you know, his his offensive core. But the thing that people have to realize, even when, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders came into San Francisco in the trade, you know, this made this offense pop. And a lot of players, like you mentioned, Debo Samuel, he came out and was just an absolute beast coming into, you know, the Super Bowl. So... That that I think is going to be an interesting look and a, and probably one that we'll watch for a long time with CD Lamb and, and Debo Samuel. I think Samuel's going to be primed for an even bigger year next year, uh, but having CD Lamb there is is very much going to you know help this San Francisco offense and maybe even kind of change the speculation uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, and,
1: I, and and even in my mock draft, I even had um. Jerry Judy going to the Broncos, teaming up with Drew Rock.
0: Ooh.
1: Now, Cortland Court, now, Sutton is really a good wide receiver for them. Mm-hmm. But I think Jerry Judy could put that offense over the top. No one, I really don't want that to happen, knowing that we're Chargers fans and Raiders fans. Right. But at, least, at the end of the day, it's, what, it's just a need for the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. As talking as analysts, talking as, you know, podcasters. We got to talk about everything. We just can't, like, hate on uh, everybody. So, Jerry Judy going to the Denver Broncos, I think, would be a good fit. Just because of the jungle receiver that they had, that had that experience and helped Jerry Judy, knowing that he's a great rock runner, knowing that he's a teacher. And he could definitely take the top off the defenses as well. So, sure. Jerry Judy to the Broncos could definitely be something underrated.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it, so, uh, Darian Hopkins. Spotlight Sports Talk. As we kind of wrap it up here a little bit, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of perspective from people and especially from some analysts since the uh, the CBA agreement. And I, I looked at it and I thought that this was interesting. So the CBA since now they they you know they they've. Up, uh, you know, they they pretty much given the salary cap now a $10 million increase to all of the organizations out there, and then not to mention having a playoff berth. The one that really kind of caught my eye is the potentiality of reducing suspensions uh for players who have you know possessions of marijuana. And I kind of look at how innovative. That sports medicine has become. We have a lot of CBD products, and we have a lot of products with, uh, you know, containing THC. So, what is your perspective with the CBA agreement, and how that that could potentially impact the NFL and uh, the players' association? Well, I
1: always thought that we should be accepted. Well, marijuana should be accepted in the and because ninety percent of our ninety percent of our are African American, and mm-hmm. most of them they like marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think getting tested for marijuana is defending them. It's not going to stop. That's one thing. It's not going to stop them smoking it, no right. matter, no matter what, what you say. Mm-hmm. So with the CBA reducing the suspension for it, I agree with you. I agree with it you because you're taking away from people's livelihood, and they and they do that. They don't do it like at the facility. They don't do it during practice. If they're doing it during practice, smoking it before games, then yeah, I think they should be suspended for it. Sure. If that's your work environment. Mm-hmm. But if you're at home, and you're on a five-week, and you're just chilling and watch your NFL Red Bull, and you're not bothering anybody, there shouldn't be no suspension for that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I so, agree. I, I absolutely agree. And and that's actually a very, very good point right up over there. And, and yes, because the fact of we perform professional, uh, you know, professionally in our jobs. And, uh, you know, even I look at it at the recovery stage as well. And I think that that's great for players, especially for suffering injuries. Um, and I think that it be, would pose a huge impact for that. Um, uh, but you're absolutely right using it, tri- you know, kind of recreationally during a job, uh, you know, that can definitely pose some suspensions, but so, oh, so such such good stuff right there, Darian Hopkins from the Spotlight Sports Talk. It's so great to um to have gotten the chance to come down, give you a call, and uh, you know just get some great insight, man. I will definitely tune in for the uh, for the Raiders look for more free agency and of course the NFL draft. I hope you um have a great rest of your weekend and uh, have a great week as well, and and be safe and be healthy up out there, my man.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Just to let y'all you know, every Wednesday will be a Spotlight Force Talk podcast. So every Wednesday, we will be going live for that, for all the latest news that's going on in sports with the coronavirus and everything that's going on in NFL. we'll have all that news for you there. So hopefully, uh, Jake will make Force Talk go. he pop probably be on again at that time, but... Thank you for having me, man. I really
0: do appreciate it. Absolutely not a problem. You take care of yourself. Be safe and be healthy. And uh, I'm sure with this lockdown out there in, in Philadelphia, it's going to be crazy. But uh, just keeping you and your, and your family members and friends safe up out there. Take care, my man.
1: All
0: right. Thank you, man. Talk to you later. Uh, Darian over there at Spotlight Sports Talk. What a great guy. Great colleague of mine. Uh, he, you know, and you heard it from him. You heard it a lot from him. And just the 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 inside, and I think this is exciting for all of my listeners here um, on this podcast show, and even for some locally here in Vegas. I think that this it's going to be exciting for the Raiders. I think also, too, with the draft coming up, it's going to be exciting for a lot of teams. Lots and lots of clarity. Lots of clarity. And I just can't wait for it. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun so coming up next I'm going to have my best for last um, with the NFC draft grades it's going to be you know it's going to shed some light I've already spoke about the Philadelphia Eagles as well but it's going to change my mind up on that so you guys don't want to miss that I will be right back here with the NFC free agency grades coming up on the Snake Sports Talk Show don't go anywhere Be sure to catch every episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show by subscribing to the YouTube channel, Podbean, and Spotify just by searching Snake Sports Talk Show. Want more? Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and continue to keep up with the Snake Sports Talk Show. Well, guys, I hope you guys have had a lot of fun here this weekend and I hope you guys had a great weekend as well. Uh, I know with this whole coronavirus and everything that's been kind of shutting everybody down nationwide, but I hope all of you guys are safe and healthy, and I hope you guys have a great week ahead. Hopefully, we'll start to get some positive news as we start to kind of come in in the coming days. But as of what I can do now, um, as I've said, I, you know, I work in a business. I've been busy all throughout the week until something else decides to change. But uh, I'm here. I'm here with you guys, giving you guys sports talk, news here, uh, and just to kind of you know enlighten you guys, give you something, give something to entertain the public and the you know all of my fans, my viewers and listeners. And so I thank you all for tuning in, listening, in, listening into all of my episodes here on the podcast uh, show. So I talked a lot about the AFC and giving all of their grades from post-free agency as we come into the up-and-coming NFL draft, I'm going to focus now on the NFC. And I think there were a lot of huge moves that were coming into the NFC. So we're going to break it down by all the teams, grade them up as we did here in the AFC side. So we're going to end up switching sides. So let's go ahead and start up on the NFC. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well... Obviously, this is a team now that's going to have a story for a long, long time. Tom Brady leaves New England on the AFC and decides to come to the other side of the NFC and join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for two years, $50 million. And um, the one thing that the Buccaneers have been able to do since the signing, they were able to retain Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Those are two very, very good defensive pass rushers that... You know, gives at least the, the offense some sort of accountability and gives them a little bit more of an edge on the defensive sides so I still think that this this team needs a few more adjustments but I could see them being very very competitive in the NFC South so I'm going to grade them with an A. The fact that they move off of Jameis Winston is huge and the fact they bringing in Tom Brady he has an awful lot of weapons. OJ Howard uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And this is going to be an interesting team to watch here come next season. All right, so the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we know this was a huge trade splash. They ended up uh, they ended up stealing away DeAndre Hopkins without even getting a first-rounder. That's huge. That's absolutely huge for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, getting rid of that David Con- uh, Johnson contract was – Probably one of the best trades that the Cardinals have ever had. Um, The other thing of it is, too, uh, Devon uh, Kennard and Jordan Phillips bolsters up the defensive sides. And Kyler Murray now is going to have a lot of offensive weaponry now with Hopkins there at the helm, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. I'd see Arizona possibly competing in that NFC West with Jared Goff. Russell Wilson and so many others. So I'm going to give the Arizona Cardinals an A for this one. The fact that they got DeAndre Hopkins for dirt cheap without even giving up a first rounder just basically tells you how uh, interesting Arizona is going to be for the next couple of years. All right, so the Atlanta Falcons. So we know that they moved off of Austin Hooper, who I thought, I'm I'll have to see how he does in Cleveland. I think it was a little bit of an overpay. He's now the highest paid tight end in the league. But what did the Falcons do right? They were able to trade a second rounder for tight end Hayden Hurst that they got from Baltimore, and it was a very, very quick response after losing Austin Hooper. The other thing that they did, they released Devontae Freeman, and they at least released up a little bit more cap space. So Atlanta had more money to then go ahead and fill the space for guys like Dante Fowler and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley coming back into Georgia after being a Georgia Bulldog for years, Yeah, this is going to be an interesting setting. And, you know, Todd Gurley has a lot of perspectives on him of whether or not is he going to be productive like he once was with the LA Rams. A lot of that, all the questions are left to be said, but... Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm going to give this team a B plus. I think this team very much addressed their issues. They at least got rid of a couple of players to release up the cap space. So the Falcons are kind of staying maintained. I don't think they're going to be making a huge jump. But I do like the fact of what they're doing currently to try to at least keep a, a couple of notable players. All right, so the New York Giants. Now, a lot of teams... We're not thinking highly of this team because of the fact of their defense right now is so shaken up. They've literally got rid of a lot of pieces. Janoris Jenkins, uh, you know, they they got rid of Olivier Vernon before uh, in last year's offseason. The other problem of it is they ended up uh, releasing Alec uh, Ogletree and a lot of defensive pieces. And uh, I thought this was they they did very very good. They ended up getting. James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez was an absolute steal. That was a very, very good steal. Now, the draft could very much change for the New York Giants, and I'm keeping an eye on this team to see exactly what could happen, you know, in the coming days and what could possibly happen in the draft. Their offense right now is set to where it is with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and, of course, Evan Ingram. That is a young offensive core under Joe Judge the new head coach that I think we're going to see for a long time I'm going to give the Giants a You know, B they're a team that's kind of they're going to find their way to sneak in, be competitive I didn't see Daniel Jones outperform like he has so it just basically tells you how good he can play in this league don't count the Giants out I think they'll be very very interesting All right, the Philadelphia Eagles. So this was a team that was plagued with injuries but managed to end up getting into the playoffs. They got into the playoffs. Carson Wentz decides to take the franchise, put it on his shoulders, and they made it in. Now, they did have some problems in that secondary backfield. Jalen Mills was hurt, and then not to mention Malcolm Jenkins had a little bit of some struggles So they were letting a lot of deep ball plays through, and that was kind of scary for Philadelphia, especially a team who years ago they looked at as a Super Bowl favorite and a Super Bowl winner. A lot has changed. But they did, in fact, go and acquire and extend Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions. I think that that will help their defensive secondaries. Plus, also, too, they got Javon Hargrave, and I think him, Malik Jackson, and Fletcher Cox up on that front line is going to be scary, scary good, and it'll be interesting. Now, the safety position, I know for a fact that they're going to need to adjust, but I'm going to give the Eagles right here a beat. I talked about this earlier here in the show, and I finally cleared up what I, at first, kind of gave at least the wrong impression, but... I think that the general managing has done a really good job. I'm excited to kind of see what the Eagles will do next. They get a B, in, in my opinion. Okay, the San Francisco 49ers. So they had a choice. Now, there were two different things that happened. So, number one, they ended up extending Eric Armstead, very, very good defensive player. Um, but they moved off of DeForest Buckner and get that 13th overall pick in this year's draft. I thought it was very interesting. And I think in the 13th round, however they cho- they choose to play it, I ended up getting some insight from my good friend, Darian Hawkins. He-, he believes that in that 13th pick they might go and get themselves a very good wide receiver and i think that they should but also at the same time you've got defensive secondaries they're going to need to fix a little bit up um you know they mentioned about jimmy ward they extended him but we'll see exactly what the performance will be i'm going to give the 49ers a b as well Uh, this is still a team that is young they're chock full of players chock full of talent and you cannot underestimate kyle shanahan and his play calling scheme so i'm going to give them a b Okay, the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints, of course, bring back quarterback Drew Brees for two more years. And it's going to be interesting how, you know, watching them and how this team's going to perform. Now, they did uh, they did bring back Malcolm Jenkins. And I think it, before then, when Jenkins was a Saint, I think that was a huge deal for Philadelphia, but a hard loss for... New Orleans to try to reshape, but now they finally have him back, and they have him back for good. But um, they also got themselves a very good bargain with Emmanuel Sanders. So Drew Brees is going to have some weapons there at his disposal. So that, I think, is going to be very interesting to watch. I'm giving the Saints a a, a B-plus here in this one. I just think that that the Saints are going to look very very interesting and they're also keeping themselves up with the competition that the buccaneers and tom brady now being there um, are having and i think that this is going to be fun this is uh, this is definitely going to be the breeze versus brady matchup we've all been long waiting for okay the detroit lions so uh, i don't know what else you really want me to tell to tell you about it but this detroit team the way that I kind of viewed them, they're basically a poor man's New, Orleans, uh, New England Patriots. They go and get Deron Harmon, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, and then, of course, they took a huge gamble on Baitai. I I don't know what the plan is here for uh, the Lions, but they did get rid of a lot of good defensive players. They also got rid of huge offensive linemen pieces that... You know, even going into this draft, there were some rumors about Detroit where they make it, uh, you know, to a, but even if you try to get a young, uh, uh, you know, offensive uh, superstar, a young one at least, he's going to be running for his life. So I don't know what Detroit's plan is. I'm going to give them a C because I I, I just think that right now, with what they're getting and, and recruiting former Patriot players. We don't even know how much that they have in the tank, and we don't even know if they're going to perform the same like they were before. Something has to be addressed in order for something like this to work, and we'll see exactly what Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions, what their plan is and how they're willing to establish it moving forward. All right, the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so they ended up franchise tagging Dak Prescott, which I thought was the right thing to do. And they ended up paying Amari Cooper five years over $100 million. But the only problem was there was nothing left in the cap for them to go ahead and get Jason Witten, Mal- uh, Malik Collins, uh, Byron Jones, Robert Quinn, and, R- and Randall Cobb on any uh, specific deals. Now, I will say this. I think that they got some interesting moves of getting Haha Clint Dix and Gerald McCoy. But still, that that safety uh, spot there for the Dallas Cowboys is going to be very, very risky. I feel like the defense may take a slight step back. But here's the other thing. You've got a brand new coach in Mike McCarthy. He's coming into a Dallas role that last year was disappointing. This was a team that was supposed to win 13 games and they ended up winning eight i don't know what could happen in the coming days for the for the dallas cowboys but i'm going to give them a seat i'm going to keep them right in the middle because i don't want to end up getting the wrong impression and the wrong idea because i want to see how this plays out Dak, of course he wanted his money the the cowboys were willing to offer him 33 million a year he says uh, it's not good enough. So I don't know how Dak Prescott is going to perform at this point, but the Cowboys need to get something going. And even so, too, they ended up extending Blake Jarwin, get that tight end position filled. But we'll see. We will see what the Cowboys have in mind, but I give them a grade C Seattle. All right. So right now there have been rumors where they may be talking into getting Jadavian Clowney back. But um, the other thing is too—they ended up getting at least a couple of really good defensive players. Bruce Irvin retired, uh, returning, and uh, Jaron Reed. Uh, you know, Jefferson ends up leaving. But the, the, the Seahawks—they do have a young, good core team, and not to mention with you know the greatness of Russell Wilson there at the helm. And Pete Carroll will know how to adjust this team. I'm going to give Seattle C. Um, this is also another team that's right there in the middle of the pack that I don't want to end up getting the wrong impression and the wrong idea because any of this could change instantly. But Seattle still do does have some good pieces. I mean, DK Metcalf last year very much shocked the world, much like A.J. Brown in Tennessee. So I see him making big splashes next year, but hopefully they will get at least – on the defensive sides they're gonna figure out their secondaries but also too they may they may need to get some very very good defensive line pieces uh, the Washington Redskins so this is now an organization that we know is in full rebuild mode. New head coach Ron Rivera is trying to fix that defensive side and um, one thing is is that they haven't overpaid it. And it's kind of crazy. And, and, you know, we'll see exactly what happens. But they franchise tag Brandon Scherf, and I thought it was smart. They keep at least the the guard position locked down. Thomas Davis, the veteran linebacker who was released by the Chargers, is going to bring some veteran depth. But what are they possibly going to do with Trent Williams? This is going to be an interesting question for at least a couple days. I don't know what the plan is in store for him but I know that the Washington Redskins have the number two pick in the draft and a lot of people are saying they need to end up fixing that defense which they should so I will give the Redskins at the very least um, a C I just think there's a, that's another team that's going to be in the middle of the pack you cannot underestimate Ron Rivera and what he's trying to reshape for this organization it's going to be some exciting stuff of the Green Bay Packers so this is gonna be hard this is gonna be very very hard for the Green Bay Packers they lost two real good linebackers Blake Martinez and Kyler Fackrell to the Giants and but they upgraded their position with Christian Kirksey but at the same time it, you know they go and get Rick Wag- uh Rick Wagner to try to uh, replace Brian Belaga who they lost to the Chargers that's a slight downgrade. I you know, Wagner who's coming off of a down year. I don't know what the plan is now for the Green Bay Packers, but I will tell you this. I've had some interesting insights. But Aaron Rodgers did not play exactly the Aaron Rodgers that we all know and love. Lots of times the, the rating has gone down. It's gone down. And a lot of questions need to be a- need to be answered. If this is the point where Green Bay very much might get their next franchise quarterback for the future, I think they should. And Jordan Love's out there. I'm going to give the Packers a C minus because right now, where the line stacks up and the linebacking core, I don't know how this defense is going to maintain themselves. Those were two very productive linebackers. Both of them gone to New York. I don't know what's now left in the cards for Green Bay but a C- minus will do for me uh, the Carolina Panthers so they took a huge gamble and they ended up signing a Teddy Bridgewater which I thought was right and I think it's going to be interesting to watch him play and see how this offense moves now they did lose a lot of defensive players Bradbury, Addison, Butler, Reed this is now a, a, a rebuilding franchise under Matt Rule and under brand new ownership. It'll it'll be it'll be exciting for Carolina to have a bright future ahead of them. Christian McCaffrey was just an absolute monster last year, but Matt Rule, since being at Baylor, has had a, a lot of successes of rebuilding programs. I think he comes in in a very good time to rebuild this franchise get them to where they need to be i'm gonna give uh carolina a seat uh i don't want to go completely overboard but the fact of the matter is they did fix the quarterback position because cam nunes just had an awful lot of inconsistencies and he's untrustworthy to me so i think putting them in the middle of the pack is the right thing to do and we'll see we'll see how this rebuild bow works for carolina uh, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So right now, I I just don't think that the Minnesota Vikings uh, are going to be as good of a team like they were last year. Uh, they they decided to double down on Kirk Cousins, which honestly I I I don't I don't understand why. But of course, it fueled the fire for Stephon Diggs. He's gone. He's now in Buffalo. This is a team now that they got... And here's the thing. They traded and they ended up getting an overhaul of picks. This could be an upside for Minnesota coming in to the the draft. Because I think they're going to need to look for their next wide receiver. But also at the same time, they lost an awful lot of defensive pieces. And I don't know how they're going to end up addressing... Those options, but I'm gonna give uh Minnesota uh I'm gonna give them a C minus here in this one. Look, I, I I like the fact that they got an overhaul of picks for Stefan Diggs, but the defense is not going to be insane, and you're still trusting Kirk Cousins, you're doubling down on his contract. I don't understand that, but we better see some changes for Minnesota very, very fast. This was a team that was loaded with players. But, you know, the outcome was very, very different. Uh, The Chicago Bears. So they got at least a very, very good tight end set with Trey Burton and uh, Jimmy Graham. I thought that was very interesting that they ended up getting Jimmy Graham there. But here's the other big thing. They go and get Robert Quinn from the Dallas Cowboys. They got him for five years. And here's another one that's going to end up shocking. But Nick Foles is now a, a, a Chicago Bear. He will be backing up Mitch Trubisky, if anything. And what's inter- interesting about this, Matt Nagy, and even the offensive coordinator, since being at Kansas City, he knows him, and he has great connections with him, has said a lot of great things. But Chicago, of course, you know, they, they, they are trying to rebuild this defense again to where it was a couple years ago. Very, very intimidating. I'm going to give the Bears and what they've done, I'm going to give them C-. Look, this is a team that's going to need to address those pieces at the draft. Hopefully, they'll fill them in with very, very good young players and get this team going, but right where I sit with them, C- is fair to me. Alright, so, and finally, the LA Rams. Ugh, You know, I I just think that right now the LA Rams, their championship window is not even close to open. I think now it is coming to a big time close. Five defensive starters are gone. And either to retirement or they've gone to other teams. They added Leonard Floyd, but it's still not enough for them to really kind of address their issue. What's the big issue? Well, their cap space is tight. That's why they had to let go of Gurley. Now, I, I we've said this before. I think the LA Rams did the worst thing by overpaying Todd Gurley very early, and which is why his production has been the way it has. Only one great year, but then what happened in the next? I mean, even close to late in the season. He didn't look the same. This Rams team, and they, and they, here's the other thing: they extended Andrew Whitworth, who's only got maybe one more year until he says, "I'm done. My body can't take it no more." I'm gonna give the, the LA Rams uh, a big time D minus. I don't understand where exactly that the Rams are going with this, even with a very, very tight uh, tight cap space. Not to mention, they go and get a couple of players, even Jalen Ramsey from Jacksonville. This is, I just think the championship window is closing for the Rams. And it is closing much faster than we think. It's going to be scary, but hopefully the Rams can fix this issue and get them back to where they were before. All right, well, folks, those are all of now my NFL grades. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like, comment, share with me your thoughts of what you thought of the uh, the grades. I think that these are fair because right now we have a lot of teams that are kind of changing up in the NFC with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Uh, Breeze now has a bunch of weapons at his disposal between Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Thomas, you know, and, and there's a rebuilding Carolina with Teddy B and Matt Rule that I think is going to be interesting and fun to watch. But this NFC's got some interesting competition. It's going to be very fun to watch. I can't wait for it any longer. Waiting and now seeing. All these grades of free agency. Now they're all done. Now it's on to the NFL draft. And this is where things get very interesting. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay in tune with it. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in here to my podcast episodes. Uh, love all of you guys. Love your support uh, here for the show. Remember to subscribe to the show on Spotify. I'm also now on uh, on on uh, Postcast, I believe. Uh, I just ended up getting on at least another social media site to... Post up all of my podcast episodes. You can check it out there. You can also check me out on Podbean and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also, like me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all my posts on the social media platforms. And uh, I hope all of you guys had a great weekend. And I hope for great things in this upcoming week. It is going to be tough. We're already five days through, if not six. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for the next couple days ahead. But I hope all of you guys are safe and healthy. And um, and like I said, tune in every weekend. I will have my podcast episodes up. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, we're basically playing this by ear. We're basically playing this by ear and seeing what will happen next. This is Jake the Snake signing off here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Have a great week and uh, can't wait to see you guys next weekend. Take care.